Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. This is your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 49, our anniversary plus one episode. And I think it's safe to say we are in a little bit better mood than last week when we actually had our one-year anniversary show because Juventus actually beat a Milan team rather than, insert whatever word you want to use to describe what Juventus did last weekend against AC Milan, so... As we get going here, let me bring in the usual crew of Sam LaPresti. Hello, Sam. Still breathing, Danny. Still breathing. (laughs) Still breathing. Hanging on by a thread, but still breathing. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Greetings. Yeah, it's a little more positive news uh, today, although, I mean, of course, I'm still skeptical, but at least a little bit more positive. (laughs) And we've got a slightly tired Sergio Romero, who had one hell of a sports Saturday. Hello, Sergio. Hey, Phyllis. Happy to be here. I, I I felt better, but you know, I'm still I'm still I'm still hanging on. I'm still hanging on. Much like Juventus, I'm I'm putting up putting up my best foot forward. Before we get going here, Sergio, why don't you give us the Cliff Notes version of what just happened on your Sports Saturday? Besides, obviously, the the big Juventus win over Inter. Yes. So as as I've mentioned before, my my hometown team Puebla FC is is mostly bad sometimes mediocre but mostly bad and this year they made the 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 liguilla which is the the playoffs for the league 
And a friend of mine helped me get tickets for the second leg, quarterfinal second leg. And they won. They won. It was it was like 15,000 people who didn't know what to do with themselves because everyone was expecting them to lose, as they often do. And and yeah, it, it was just great. It was just great. I, I, I missed being able to go to a game. I missed being like with a lot of people sharing something. It somehow felt much more important when you're there. They won one nil, which is which was the result they needed. And I didn't watch the goal because I was in the bathroom. And <laughs> as I was, you know, doing doing my thing, a person next to me who was also doing his thing, uh, we both made eye contact, which is, you know, poor etiquette, really, where, you know, when you're you know, doing what you're doing in the bathroom. And we just suddenly heard the noise and we're like, did they score? And then we run outside. The guy slipped on pit on piss and but he, you know, <laughs> got to his fit. We both ran. We saw that it was a goal for, for our team. And, and then we hugged like we were lifelong friends, you know, like we, like we were jumping and screaming and hugging. And it was it was it was just great. And then we said goodbye. And I never saw that guy again. But I'm pretty sure, you know, like at the time, like I was going to be godfather for his son. Like it, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. We were really close in that in that particular moment. So yeah, so it was all a those great people day. that say that sports don't matter. That's that's that, exactly why they against matter. you right there. That's exactly why they matter because you become friend with a dude who just slipped and piss, and, and and you don't care because they scored. So. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was a good, good day. Good sports day overall. I'll, I'll keep you posted for semifinals. Maybe, maybe they're, maybe they're good. Maybe it turns out maybe they're good. Man, I thought I had good stories. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that was good. <laughs> Speaking of Club Puebla, Sergio, you wrote something about them. Give them a plug before we get going here. Yes, the, the good folks at FMF State of Mind, which is the our sister blog, the for, that focuses on the Mexican League. They gave me a shot to to write for them about about the team, about the season they had, and yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's kind of like, like a running diary of the whole season, and yeah, if you can check it out, I think I plugged it in in a previous graph back. If if not, we can we can plug it in the, on the post that that goes up for this for this pod. But yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, if I do say so myself, I think it came out well. Shout out Danny who helped me edit it, and. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's a pretty remarkable season. You know, I kind of I kind of know how Inter fans feel now, you know, rooting for a bad team for a long, long time. And then they're suddenly good. Like it's it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to have. Well, that's a that's a good way to transition back into Juventus related things. And I think it's safe to say that optimism wasn't exactly high entering this uh, second to last game of the Serie A season. And Oh boy, did Juventus get not only a win, but <laughs> a interesting win to say the least. So I'm going to turn it over to the man who recapped it for our site, Sam, and hopefully in fewer words than your recap, because obviously there's a lot going on, but your thoughts on the, the win that was and the win that at least for one more weekend kept Juventus's Champions League hope, hopes alive, barring any kind of UEFA craziness over the summer. Yeah, that was, oh man, that piece was a beast. I don't usually write them that long. I try to keep them down. But I mean, what didn't this game have? You know, the only thing that was missing was a streaker. Like that's that's really what we're, 
Chucks, you said it in our Slack channel, and I think it it was it, it was appropriate. What have I just witnessed to see so much crazy stuff happen? I mean, and this is what you know. On the one on one hand, you're like, this is what derbies are all about. You know, two teams that really don't like each other going at it. Everything was chippy. Everything was tense. The game was you know everything was really tight. And then you also have everything that you never want to see in any sporting event, which is the referee completely taking over as the story, because I'll get this out of the way now. And this is for both teams. Giampaolo Calvarez was awful. Absolutely dogpile nonsense. He was bad. With, it, he was really bad. He was bad. And, and it, and it just goes to show, I don't know, Danny, if you remember whether or not we, you and I talked about this. And when we, right at the beginning of the restart, when we did that that special edition pod with Bren and Tito, I, I, I think we at one point had a conversation of just how bad refereeing in Italy has become and how low the standard has dropped. It hasn't gotten um, any better. No, it hasn't. <laughs> like, I remember I remember in August when I when I was I was writing the recap about the 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 last game of the season against Roma and they gave us Gianluca Rocchi and it was his last game of the season it was you know it was his last game of his career and I was like Italian officiating will be better without him and I was like well wait maybe <laughs> cuz I mean the entire league has just been it's been bad for the entire league this year and some of the stuff that he called yesterday was absolutely non-existent um you know, was Rodrigo Bentancor playing particularly well uh, well yesterday? No. Was that in any way, shape, or form a second yellow card when he tackled Romelu Lukaku? Also, no. If Matthijs Delict, if that if that really is a penalty, the contact that Delict had on Lautaro's heel, then we might as well just give up defending. We might as well just like just we might as well just give up moving on the pitch. We might as well just stand there and kick the ball to people while they're stationary. And you know, even the move that won us the game, you know, Juan Cuadrado, he bought that penalty. <laughs> he bought that. Let's be real about it. But beyond everything about, about the officiating, which was just, as we said, unfortunately is going to end up being the story of this game. It's really like as happy as I am for the win, there's a lot of why are we seeing this now and not February and March about this, you know, th this and the Sassuolo game as well, where, where the team played very well, not great, but well enough. Certainly got helped by the fact that Sassuolo couldn't hit the target for anything, but you know, the, the last two games have been relatively good. Inter only had a, you know, a handful of shots before the red card yesterday and they they moved forward well the finishing was enough and and i'm just sitting there wondering what is going on like why did it take this long and for the situation to be this dire to all of a sudden see the kind of life that this team is needed for for weeks and months at this point to start coming to the floor to the fore and actually seeing that that what you know what all of the commentators have been calling the Juventus attitude for such a long time. It's tough to see and you know you know, especially since if everything doesn't go well next week, 
you're looking at, you know, one game, one more game where you would where you had played like this, where you hadn't dropped points against Benevento or, or Cagliari that you, that is the difference between us being ahead of Napoli right now and controlling our own destiny going into the final week of the season and hoping that Napoli have yet another brain fart and drop points against Verona next week. Cause you know, the, the team, the team played with energy they pressed really. They pressed really nicely. Even Ronaldo was was pressing pretty well, which is not something you normally see out of his game. And Pirlo has also been making some really good tactical decisions over the last two games as well. Just the decision to to play and soak up Sassuolo and counter them was was a spot on move. The execution was a little bit iffy. And like I said, if if Sassuolo had been better at finishing on Wednesday, we might have been talking about a very different situation. But then, you know, up until he had to park the bus after the red card, Pirlo was, had pushed the right buttons. He, you know, putting Kulusevsky into the game, I think, was a major thing. I, a lot of people saw that and, and in, you know, group chats and stuff that I'm on started flipping out. But then you saw exactly why. Kulusevsky started man-marking Marcelo Brozovic, and Inter was, was basically down a man in midfield because he did a really good job of it. And then when the red card did come, he made the right decisions again. You pull off Ronaldo, which, you know, everybody th- thinks of as a brave move. But, you know, Ronaldo's not the kind of guy that you want pressing at the front when you're down a man, especially not when he's a, a yellow card away from a suspension. You made, made the right move putting in Weston McKenney as well. Mara Demiral was a bit of a surprise to me. And I don't know about sending a guy on for his first game in two months in a situation like that. But, you know, everything finally kind of coming together, at least enough to get these results that we need is, again, it's really frustrating because if this had happened a little bit earlier, we wouldn't be talking about this at all. Yeah, you, uh, you basically took all the words out of my mouth as well. That, those were almost exactly all the points I was going to say. All right. Uh, good so, podcast, everybody. So, uh, yeah. Uh, tune in next time on the next <laughs> thrilling episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Good old throwback there. Dude, do you um, want to get a suit? No. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, well, it wouldn't be funny. It would be expensive. But um, no, I guess, um, yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is, <laughs> so we had a discussion last week on uh, if it was Pirlo's fault or if it was uh, kind of the squad, the management's fault for constructing a poor side. Obviously, it's both. But, you know, yesterday's game kind of, edged me more towards it's a bit paradoxical here but it edged me more towards the the point of it being fearless faults because we see what the, what the team is capable of here you know it was a very it was a very professional performance against inter you know obviously up to the 2-1 and then we were down 10 men and then we had to fight for dear life to hold on to to the lead and then having the setback of the 2-2 but still getting that you know very um entertaining penalty uh, award in the that Cuadrado uh, put away, you know, excellently. So, you know, that was just great, as Brendan Rogers would say, great character that we showed uh, on that on that one. <laughs> I don't quite have his uh, accent down quite. No, you, well you, you need to work on your broad a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, he's a well, congratulations, Lester, though. You know. Yeah, speaking, but, speaking of folks who I, had a good I, Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah I love that there's a Lester club at, at our bar in New York City, at my club's bar, and we love them. We're great friends. We're 
big friend, good friends with them. Big, big, really big, happy to them. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good lads there. But yeah, I mean, we showed, you know, just, yeah. Great character against, uh, against Inter and against Sassuolo. I mean, we were really under, under uh, pressure on that, in that game. Sassuolo were probably the better team overall, but we still, you know, got a smash and grab from that game. So, you know, seeing those two games, I'm like, clearly the, the team is capable. I mean, it's very imperfect team, very, you know, lots of flaws in the team, but it is clearly capable of doing good stuff. We also saw that against, uh, you know, way back, it seems seems a million years ago now, but that 3-0 win against Barcelona, you know, that was also, I mean, again, Barcelona are kind of shambles and uh, just a few minutes ago lost 2-1 against Celta de Vigo. So they're out of the title race there. But, you know, the team clearly is capable of doing well. And the fact that it's been such a mess getting this top four spot, which, I mean, I've already given up, unfortunately. Although uh, Milan against Galeri is in about 15 minutes, so who knows. But um, I've effectively given up on that one. But the fact that, you know, the whole top four race has become such a mess, I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, but, you know, I kind of put this on Pirlo, you know. Obviously, the, just the whole situation was a mess. But... The team, yeah, it was it was more than capable enough of getting top four. And we just lost it against, you know, Benevento, Cotone. Uh, who else did we drop points against? Hellas Verona, who hopefully will do something for us next week. Yeah, next week it is. And, you know, another point on that, which I thought was interesting, is we haven't done that badly against, like, top six teams, you know. Just doing it quickly off memory here. You know, we lost and won against Inter, lost and won against Milan. Uh, lost in one against Napoli. Uh, Atalanta, I mean, was, I think we lost and tied that one. And that loss was unlucky. I think we should have, I think we deserved a point on that one, but you know, whatever. And let's see, I think we beat Lazio twice, didn't we? I think. Draw on a win. Draw on a win, right? Yeah, yeah. Should have done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I remember that one. Then the last, last minute. And that should have been a win. That was in the last, 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 last second. And then tied and beat Roma as well and beat Sassuolo twice. I mean, that's already top eight that we've done, I mean, really quite well against. And again, I mean, it's just we lost it against, you know, Fiorentina, Torino, Benevento, uh, Elas Verona. Like, that's just, yeah, that, those were the teams we lost this against. And, yeah, I mean, that's extremely, extremely frustrating. But, you know, it, yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, here we are going into the last match day hoping for dear life for some kind of a miracle. I agree. I mean, it was death by a thousand paper cuts. That, that's what that's what it was, right? Like Juventus didn't lose the title or they, you know, if they failed to qualify for the Champions League, they didn't lose that by, you know, by getting trounced by the good teams, right? Like they lost it because they dropped points against pretty much every relegation battler. So it, when that's happening, it's going to be tough to, to really compete and, you know, now they like like Sam said, now you're just sitting here and hoping and praying that you know other teams drop points in order to make it to the Champions League, which you know it's it's it, it was tough to imagine that we'd be in this situation when the when the season started. But you know, what I do agree is that it, it's remarkable how it, just a decent performance because I, I don't think they played great against Sassuolo. I don't think they played great against Inter. I, I think they played better against Inter than against as well, but there weren't, you know, banner performances. They weren't, you know, beating the brakes of those teams. Like they played competently. They played okay. They played good. 
and that that was enough to to get those wins. So so it really does make you look back and 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 like Chuck was saying, really a bit paradoxically, but but really think like, damn, like if Pirlo just played the way they've been playing lately, which is a much more basic, much more understated way of playing, soaking up the pressure a little bit more, you know, hitting them on the counter. They're not doing anything that's drastically, you know, trying to change the game. They're just playing a, a normal formation, a normal way of playing football, and they're getting better results. So, you know, like like we said last time, I, I don't think he's he's fully to blame. I think there's a lot of problems with the team. I think, you know, he's a rookie coach. He got given a, a tough job, but but it really does make you wonder, like, what if they just decided to play a much more pragmatic way of playing earlier on in the season? And, you know, who knows where it would be right now. But, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was at least, you know, just from an emotional standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, I think the intro win was significant in the sense that they had every, I mean, they had every, not, not right, but. I really thought they could have just rolled over and, and, and died, right? Like, I mean, they go down one man, they, you know, they enter draws late in the game. Like, it just felt like like one of those games that we've seen over, over and over again this season, in which is they just, you know, play with a lack of urgency. And I think they didn't show that at all against Center. I think they played really, 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 you know, with a lot of urgency. They, they showed that, quote unquote, Juve mentality and and that that passion that that grinta that that we talk about so it wasn't you know it was it was a decent result it was a decent game it was you know they they did what they had to do it's just unfortunate that you know they no longer rely on themselves and that they have to wait for other results and at this point I've I've pretty much made my peace with with Thursday night night football I I think you know we're we're getting that and. Like, like I mentioned in the Slack chat uh, with you guys, outside of, you know, Matthijs Delict, I'm fine with just letting this current iteration of Juventus kind of go into the night. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of OK with with tearing this this site down at this point. Chiesa uh, either? Yeah, I think Chiesa and Delict, everyone else, even even like Dybala. Everyone knows I'm a big Dybala fan, but, you know, even even him, it's like at this point, you know, I would hope he stays, but if he doesn't, I'm, you know, it is what it is. Like, it, it does feel like the end of an era. It very much feels like the end of a cycle. And if that, you know, end kind of gets, of, you know, if, if failing to qualify for the Champions League, if, if going to Europa League is kind of like the trigger that makes that, you know, end of an era, like, uh, you know, something that they have to do financially speaking, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I think they had to do it at some point, and this is, you know, as 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 clear, clear a signal that they have to do it. Yeah, we we. What is the old saying that the uh, scudetto is won, not necessarily against the bigger sides, but against the provincial sides? Well, Juventus's top four position has definitely been lost out on because of how they did against the provincial sides. I mean, you know, we've mentioned it all year long, just how inconsistent they've been against small clubs and especially the. The teams at the bottom of the tables really now that we're all of one game left in the in the 2020-21 season, it just it gets magnified that much more because you just look at kind of all the all the all the points that Juve's dropped along the way. And you know, that that one, you know, those two points that they dropped against this team and the two points they dropped against that team. And 
I mean, I think I jokingly said it with Chuck's last week. I mean, it, it, it adds up and, you know, now we're, now we're in a situation where we're hoping Juventus gets help. And if they had just say turned one or two of those wins or draws or losses into wins, then this is very much a preventable situation. Put it this way. Caicedo doesn't score in the Lazio game. And we're leading Napoli right now. And that's the other thing is that, you know, you've talked about this a whole lot in your, in your pieces, Danny, after, after games is just like the, the self-inflicted errors that have been the cause of all of the, of so much of this too, like that brain fart against Lazio, you, you throw away two points that would be the difference in, in being in the top four right now, you know, brain fart, you don't close down Malinovsky against Atalanta. You're at least level with Napoli right now. Like, so much of this game comes down to fine details and it's a rude reminder of that this season because for such a long time we've been so far ahead that sometimes the fine you know once that the fine details haven't necessarily added up at least not in domestic competition but it it really is a little a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and and, and you do control your own destiny on the last day of the season and now, you know, like you said, hoping that that Verona that, that Verona ponies up and that Napoli, you know, reverts back to their norm of of mentally bottling it when when the pressure is on. And you know, what's gonna happen and you know, then you have to ask yourself what's gonna happen, even if you do make the Champions League, what the heck are you gonna do with this team now? Yeah, part of me also realizes that my god, it would be embarrassing <laughs> to be <laughs> the form we would show in the Champions League, unless some kind of like we move heaven and earth, er, uh, heaven and earth, this summer in a transfer window. Then my god, it would be uh, thoroughly embarrassing if we uh, did reach the Champions League and I don't know came up in the because that's the thing we wouldn't be in pot one, we would be in pot two because of you know not winning the league. So, you know, Lord knows what kind of group of death we would get. But obviously financial. You're reasons, not, you know. I mean, you're guaranteed to get at least one of the big pot two teams, even if you're in the pot, if, even if yeah. you're in pot one. Look at what we did. Look at what, what we drew out of, the pot, out of pot two this year. We ended up with Barcelona. And like, you know, that's, that's, I, that's, I think, the beauty of this, of that rule change. I've always liked it. And, and I still think that if we do make the Champions League, you know, barring something, barring bad luck from pot three or pot four, and the knockout round would still, I, I would still as, as, as be reasonably expectant of making the knockout round. Not much after that, though. Yeah, unfortunately, agree indeed. And again, you know, obviously for financial reasons, it's pretty imperative to. Uh, that's the big. That's the big. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, you know, it's a shame that <laughs> it's a shame that like regular kind of fans like us that we have become so aware of just like the financial aspect of football you know once upon a time it was all just like oh all we care about is winning you know titles and stuff and like you know being in just upper echelons of, of european football now it's all about yeah we gotta win but hey we gotta make uh let's see the second leg of this round so that we'll make enough money to roughly break even you know and it's like we've all become armchair uh cpas frankly and that's uh well i gotta brush up on my accounting to uh to do that i mean i really do enough of that 
enough of that. I don't want to do that. You're the one with the economics background, Chuck's not us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's all an act. <laughs> it's all an act. It's all my people are easily impressed. It's all an act. But yeah, you know, and and just going back to like Sam, what you said about just the fine margins. I mean, again, we're just reminded of the fact that football, you know, it's such it's a game of such fine margins. You know, I mean, it, it, just within a game, for instance, I mean, you can. You can donate for 89 minutes and 59 seconds, and then the one second you turn off, you know, that that could be it. And it's, yeah, it's it's the beauty and heartache of the game, really. And, uh, well, I've learned more of the uh, heartache side of it the last, uh, well, few years, really. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, as much as Juventus's win this weekend was... Uh refreshing i guess or maybe knowing and knowing how the other results went and how they needed to go maybe not so not so great but juventus also have a cup final coming up in a few days and sergio mentioned it in the grab bag just kind of how how this is one last chance not only for andrea pirlo this season but for juventus to actually get salvage something out of this season and obviously the champions league status will be determined in the final weekend of the season when everybody's playing at the same time. So if, if you've got the multi-screen experience going next weekend, good on you for trying to pay attention to all of those games. But I will start with Sergio. Your your thoughts on the upcoming Copa Italia final and just how optimistic are you knowing that Juventus are playing an Atalanta team that are looking very Atalanta-y these last few months? Yeah, that, that, that's the thing, right? It's a very tricky rival in the in the final. They, they haven't really been able to... To, you know to to get the best out of the team when playing Atalanta so it's going to be very interesting the game in general is going to be I think pretty good I think it's going to be a, a good good experience watching and it's going to be like 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 you said the last chance for Pirlo to kind of get something out of the season right and and it is telling that we as, as Juventus fans have been so spoiled by success that you know, we're looking at a season in which they won the Supercopa, which sure is, you know, a glorified friendly, if you want to put it that way. But still, it's it's a cup. And and they could still come out of the season with the Coppa Italia win. And if they manage to make the Champions League, which, again, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if they manage to do it, that's not a horrible season, to be fair. I mean, you know, getting the, the Coppa Italia, getting the Supercopa, making Europe... That's a decent season. That's not a horrible season, you know. I again I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're they're very much headed towards Europa League, very much headed to Thursday night football. But I don't know why. I guess it's the you know 
psychologically speaking, it's just going to feel like a lot, like the season went a lot better if they managed to get that Coppa Italia win than if they don't, which I know doesn't make a lot of sense because, it, I mean, you know, it's not like it changes everything else from the season. But when you look back on it, it's like, oh, well, they won the Coppa. That's, that's not so bad. That's something. That's a thing. And we haven't won the Copa in a second, in a while, in three years, I think. So I, I, I hope they win it. I hope they get it. And even if Andrea Pirlo, you know, gets sacked at the end of the season, which I think we all agree is, is what's most likely going to happen, it's going to be nice for him, I think, to, to win the Copa Italia, to, you know, go out uh, a winner in a certain way. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I've often said Copa Italia is much more important than the league title. So, you know, I... I, I completely unrelated to how Juve did this year, but I, I've, I've often said that I've been of that opinion. I'm just hoping that if we do win, Juan steals the magic spray and and puts it all over Pirlo the way he 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 always did with Max. But it, it's going to be an interesting game. I would not be surprised if we saw the exact same approach that Pirlo took in Bergamo a couple of weeks ago, uh, where he he definitely played for the counter and did relatively well with that game with that tactic until the 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 lapse against Malinovsky at the very end that allowed him to to take that shot i i very much think that this is going to be another a situation where you know we could see Kulusevsky and Chiesa just barreling off on the counterattack and whoever's in the strike pair you know keep trying to keep pace with them i think it's their best bet Honestly, because you're this is obviously not a a, a group that can play toe to toe with Atalanta right now. This is a Atalanta are the better side and are coached by the better man right now. It's it, it, but it's certainly winnable. You know, obviously, you know there there are the guy there are guys in this team that can do. You know, that can just turn that can turn it around whenever they, you know, whenever they feel like it. It's just a matter of getting everybody else around those guys to play like some semblance of a decent team. And I think we'll be seeing, you know, Delict. And I, I think it's going to be Delict and Bonucci in the middle because I don't think Chiellini is going to be playing back-to-back games. And I think we'll we'll be seeing a lot of Delict wrestling with with Duvan Zapata and a lot of a, a lot of Juve just trying to absorb and break. And also, it will most likely be the last time we see Gigi Buffon in in Juventus colors for realsies this time, and so that'll be emotional. And I hope that that we'll get to see him th- hold that up, see Gigi lift one last trophy in in a Juventus kit. I could I could be okay with I could I could be salved by that over the over the summer if we get to see that. Yeah, that would be a, an emotional uh, departure again, really, of Buffon. Really, when isn't it an emotional departure if someone like him leaves? I mean, it's uh, can't see a can't see a world in which that wouldn't be emotional. Yeah, I mean, I guess based on form between Atalanta and uh, Juventus, uh, based on form, I think we're pretty screwed. Um, but based on, I mean, it's a cup final. Cup finals are, you know, are just erratic i mean finals of any sort they're just form goes out the window it's it's a one-off one-shot game it and you know you could have 90 minutes where suddenly everyone is just inspired by divine powers to to play you know the best uh, performance of their of the season 
so I'm always aware that cup finals are just, you know, a different, different beast. And yeah, form is not as relevant. But yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think, you know, like you said, Sam, the tactical tactical setup of that Pirlo showed yesterday against Inter uh, was, you know, was smart. It was definitely a gamble to put Kulusevsky on just in terms of, you know, public image. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it worked well. And I imagine he'll do the same thing uh, on, was it Wednesday, I think the game is, to hopefully good effect. And yeah, again, it's, it is strange, like, like Sergio said, in such a dire season as it was, we will still possibly win two titles and possibly, possibly make Champions League, which, you know, for any other team, that would be, uh, you know, a smashing success. <laughs> but we are not any other team. We are the great, mighty uh, Super League playing Juventus. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. I don't know how that fiasco is still going. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's cautiously optimistic. I think it's at least, you know, no glaring injuries that I know of. The only thing I do worry about is that Chiesa has not quite been the same since uh, returning from injury, which, you know, he's played a lot of games this season. I mean, it's just been a very... It's been a taxing season for everyone. And then, of course, just being new at the club. I mean, still very young, of course, but just being new at the club and playing so many games uh, in a season. And in a season that just has had so much changing on the pitch and off the pitch at the club. So, you know, I, I obviously sympathize with him and I just, I understand, but he's kind of our most important player right now. So kind of a problem to have him, uh, you know, Still not 100%, but who knows? This could be the game where he just, you know, turns it back on as one, well, as a second to last hurrah of the season. Shall we answer a few Twitter questions before we go, gentlemen? Hit me. Hit me with that funky beat. All right. Let's see. Which one do I want to start with? Do I want to tee one up for Sergio or do I want to make us laugh here? From at Handy Vandy, do we panic or do we have faith that our Lord and Saviors, the Wings of Fetty, predictably pull us to glory vicariously through Fiorentina? No. Or is FIFA the culprit behind the ESL? Realistically, on a scale of one to nine Scudetti in a row, how much suck does murder suck? And will they break us up this summer? And that's a whole lot of questions in one. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the final two. Uh, oh, I for, I forgot to add uh, that question was all caps, by the way. So uh, Twitter still um, allows that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would I th- hope. Yeah, so. I think that's it I think the, it puts you on a watch list, though. That's, that's, that's um, half the <laughs> half the uh, half the blog accounts tweets are in all caps these days. So. First off, on a scale of one to nine, Scudetti nine because they suck, <laughs> just in general. Will we get broken? Will the team get broken up this season? That's a really interesting one and will depend on a lot, a lot, a lot of money things that we may or may not end up privy to. I, but I certainly think it has to, I, I certainly think a, a certain amount of tearing down has to happen. The midfield's got to get gutted. I would prefer a certain forward to not be on the team anymore. And we just there there needs to be reconstruction here you know we've been trying to tweak around the edges for for too long it's time like sergio said take your your unsellables your chiesas your your delicts i was going to say i would put i would put juan into there uh juan and danilo 
I think are, are two guys that you, that you hold on to. Agreed. Um, Agreed. The resurrection of Danilo. Yeah. The beyond that it's, you know, if there's a complete teardown and, and, and reconstruction and we take a year or two to, to find our feet again before, you know, with with a, a younger, better, more hungry group of players, I'd be down for it. I hope it, and and I think it has to happen. I also think it has to happen. As I said last week, it has to happen in the boardroom too. Um, I think that the, I think that the current board has kind of lost this plot and I would, I'd like, I'd like to see some changes there, but yeah, I think that's got to happen. Yeah. I think, I think Sergio, you said it some episodes ago that, you know, if we would tear or if we would revolutionize the squad, I guess, um, and have you know lots of outgoing players and lots of incoming players, you know, it would it would just be tricky given the current market. We would have to probably do a lot of swap deals or just loans with options and just get really creative in that creative accounting in that sense. Um, so that does make it more difficult to kind of have a wholesale out with the old in with the new this summer, which, I mean, I still would like that, of course, but just think about it practically would be difficult, but clearly there are a lot of players that, you know, need to go and a lot of needs that the squad has right now. Uh, You know, Hunter had that great piece, uh, I think about a month ago or so, just on like, you know, who should absolutely stay in and who might, you know, be negotiable and who absolutely should go. And that's another, another thing. It's like right now, let's say we keep the squad completely as is right now, we still have like two or three player. I mean, well, more than that, we still have a need right now for players and addition of additional players as it is. So basically if there were a revolution, then we would need to both replace the outgoing players that we sell and then still add, you know, players that we would need right now. So Practically and financially, that would be very, very, very difficult. But I hope, hey, I hope it happens because uh, you know I don't, I don't want another season like this. My God, I really don't. Prepare yourself, Chucks. Yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with you guys, and especially, and that's why I've been such a, a proponent of you know Europa League. You know, mostly, but you know, because I think it's funny that they go to Europa League, but also. You know, I think Sam mentioned it or Chuck's mentioned it that, you know, really, I mean, if they make Champions League, what are we like, you know, we don't really have any expectations to to win it or, or any hopes to win it. But with the Europa League, they might have a shot, which I think is a lot, you know, it's just more, much more fun to play in a tournament that you can actually win. But, you know, outside of that, I think it just triggers. I think it just makes it something that they have to do because if, if they make it to Champions League, it, I, I just, I can totally see you know just maintaining this current you know current core and just kind of like like sam said just tweaking around the edges uh maybe they sell dibala to bring in someone else you know like like a you know just like a like a someone who they think will help the team but you know a rabiot type you know like, like a good player but someone they don't really you know need or have a good fit for and, and it's just going to be pretty much this team Again, it's just going to be another year of this team, this exact same iteration. And I just think they they need the teardown. They just need it, need it. And if financially the you know not making the Champions League, that's what triggers it, then I'm all for it. Like Sam said, I'm all for it. You know, just because they do need to completely 
you know, rebuild this thing from the ground, especially because they have so many guys that are just, you know, in the end, you know, at the end of their, you know, their time with Juventus because of age, because of performance, because of whatever. And it just feels to me like if they make the Champions League next year, they're going to try to run it back. They're going to be like, hey, we're not that far. And, and we are, we are very far. So I, I just think that's that's the best thing going forward, just to, to tear it all down and, and kind of, you know, start start anew. And if, you know, not making Champions League is what triggers it, then, you know, it is what it is, but I'm all for it. You have a twist of sense of humor, man. You said you, you, you thought this was funny, man. Damn, you got a twist sense of humor. It's funny. It's funny. It's going it's, to be awesome to see like Juventus against like, it's funny faux pas, team. not funny haha. That's <laughs> it's going to be like great to have the group stage, and it's going to be like Juventus against the team from Belgium and Turkey and things like that. Like it's just going to be different. It's going to be different, and you know, I'm I'm yeah, trying to look at on on the positive side. The thing is, as as valid as I think the the point is, that you just made is about you know if we do make Champions League next weekend, that the that the hierarchy if it's not changed around by by forces even higher up in Exor after the Super League debacle might just try to stay the course and and do one more run with Ronaldo instead of rebuilding. But if you do end up landing in the Europa League, financially, you'll end up tearing down and not being able to build back up. And that is why I've always kind of been very, very bullish on how on how necessary being in the champions league is going to be next year, because you lose out on champions league money in the state that this team is in that rebuild is the rebuild still necessary, but it's going to take a lot longer to get than uh, to, to get done than it would be if we're playing in the Europa league next year with, with financial implications that are minuscule by comparison. All right, Sergio mentioned Adrian Rabio from at Expendian. Has Rabio been underrated this season? Yes, yes. I think he's the best midfielder they currently have. I think that's the thing. Like I, I've all like I think that's been I think all of our points really the whole season that these are not bad players necessarily. They just don't fit in together. They just don't work with the current setup they're doing. Rabio, I, I think he showed it both against Inter and, and against Sassuolo. He's a really good midfielder. He's a really good box-to-box midfielder, a guy who can, you know, get possession back, who can dribble the ball, who can, you know, lead counterattacks. He's really good at that. He, he's really, really good at that. If you just let him loose and let him do that, like he's a really, really productive player. He's a really, really good player. The, the, the things that they wanted to shoe, shoehorn him in, in a, in a way that really doesn't make any sense. And we saw it. I, I think the game, uh, the Sassuolo game, to me, was the perfect encapsulation of, of who Rabiot is in the sense that he made a lot of mistakes uh, early on. He lost possession um, often, close to, to his own box. And that's natural because that's not what he's good at. But he also had that you know fantastic goal to, to open the, the scoring for Juve. And he also had the, the assist. Like, he can do those things. Like, he... He's a very good player when used correctly. And I don't know if underrated is exactly the, the, the word, but I, I would say, you know, mismanaged, misused, because I think he's a really, really good player. I would love to see him stay, actually. I think he could definitely be, a, you know, not quite a building block, but someone you can definitely, you know, 
pimp like earmark every single game as a starter if you just let him do his thing and i think he's going to be really good i unfortunately i think we're never going to get to see that because i'm pretty sure he's going to be sacrificed to the you know capital gains altar and just because he he came in on a free he's on very high wages like it just makes sense to sell him from a financial perspective but it, it really, and especially because the other guy that, that would be in that position is Rodrigo Bentancur, and he's obviously in, at all-time low, and they have that weird deal with Boca Juniors. So when they sell him, they have to pay like a big chunk to Boca Juniors. It just doesn't make a lot of financial sense to, to get rid of Bentancur, so they will probably get rid of, of Raviot. And it's going to be a shame because I think he's a really good player that just you know was very, very mismanaged in his time at Juventus. And... I'm already pissed off when he, you know, when we saw him, when we see him next year in some Premier League side and, and he's just, you know, balling because he's really, really good if, if you can use him the way you're supposed to use him. I would agree with mismanaged. I I will say that he does have that really annoying tendency to switch off for for a week or two and just like throw in some complete some games where he's just clearly not mentally there. I don't disagree with you, Sergio, that he would be a, a that he could be a very important contributor to the team if he if he were to stay going forward. But he he will have to erase that from his game because it gets a little old when you see that, especially because you know what he can do, and then you see you know a couple of games like I think there was you know late February, early March, there were a couple of games where he was just like not even. Like he just wasn't present and that needs to change. But beyond that, would I want to keep, would I want to keep him around? Yeah, I would. If I can just quickly add uh, to that before you uh, move on. I think uh, Rabio to me is one of those players who by himself, he's rarely, if ever going to be like a game changer or spectacular, you know, player. Cause he, he's totally not supposed to be that. And that's fine. Rabio to me is just one of those players that like when the collective, when the just the collective unit is working well, he's gonna be really, really good. He's gonna just like solidify the side really well. But when it's not, then uh, it's hit or miss really. In the, in the same way that I thought Matuidi was was like that as well. Like I thought, you know, by himself, he's not gonna, you know, be a, a, a game beater or world beater. But I think when the collective was working really well, Matuidi was so useful, I thought tactically and and i think it's it's similar not identical but similar with rabio um i appreciate him as a player as well but yeah like like sergio said i guess it's likely that he's going to be uh sacrificed as a goat to the altar of capital gains all right a couple more here from at juventino underscore bna is he done really the kind of man that would take a pay cut to coach a team that might be banned from Serie A and champions league next season I don't know. Like, obviously, it makes a lot of sense that that Zidane is being linked to to Juventus just because he has been very successful. Just because he has said that that you know he's not going to keep going at, at Real Madrid. But it, I think he had a quote that said that he's just like tired, that he like he's mentally tired or something like that. It just it seems unlikely that he would exactly like he would take upon. I don't think they'll they'll. I don't think Juventus will get banned from Serie A, but. but it's very likely that they won't make Champions League. So I, I just don't see him currently in his, like the current moment he is at his career to really want to take on that challenge, right? Like to take on a side that is most likely going to be rebuilding 
it just doesn't seem like something that that he would be you know much up for but you know who knows i mean i you know i don't i'm not close friends with Zinedine Zidane so who knows maybe he does want to do it maybe he has that you know he does have that Juve background maybe he does want to do it maybe he wants a a, a different challenge but I, I I think I saw someone that he's also interested in the French national team uh, after the Euros, which to me would make a lot like considering what what he has said and and you know the quotes he has given, it just seems to me like something that's much more of his speed right now, like in terms of what he's looking for, which is you know maybe less a less demanding job in the sense of of you know day in and day out. I think that being a national team coach is a bit less demanding in, in that sense specifically so you know who knows I, I would love to see him as a Juve coach but I, I don't you know and it makes sense he's being linked to us all the time but I just don't I, I've never seen him as someone who who's really kind of like a, a realistic realistic coach for us I'll beat Sam to it does that mean that the current guy coaching the French national team will then be coaching Juventus that, that, that'd, be, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't think so because this was, when did this happen? This was in December of 2019 after Sadi signed with Juve. And I didn't realize this until it was pointed out to me recently. Deschamps actually has a contract that runs until the World Cup. Never mind. So if he were to leave France, it would be his and be replaced by Zidane in, that, in a case like that. It would be his decision. Man, that'll, that'll be some musical chairs right there. <laughs> it would be. I I personally still think that Deschamps will end up at Juventus again at some point in his career because you know he's gone on the record as saying that he deeply regrets having left after the Serie B season. It wouldn't be surprising to me, actually, frankly, if both Zidane and Deschamps end up being Juventus coaches at some point. But it would be difficult for me to see it happening now, although I would really like to see it at some point. And I think, actually, if Deschamps were to come to the were to be the coach of the team next year, it would actually probably probably be a really good fit for for how to rebuild. He had to he had to build France back up when he took over because that had just been, he took over right after the twenty uh, the twenty twelve Euros, which had been a bit of a bit of a problem for France, uh, and he built that back up into a World Cup winning side within within a, within a cycle and a half. So. I think that'll be a good, that would be a good fit, but I don't think it'll be happening. And it's really, you know, it's a question of, you know, if you do move on from Pirlo, what does actually happen? Yeah, I, I imagine Zidane will take a break because, I mean, certain jobs are just stressful, <laughs> you know, and the Real Madrid job strikes me as a job that's just really, really, really stressful, uh, especially just the last, you know, few years, a lot been going on at the club. So I imagine he'll take a break, especially because, you know, let's not forget, like he he had left Real after winning those three Champions Leagues. And, you know, he was he was meant to just like leave, leave. And then the whole thing with uh, Lopetegui happened and then he kind of came back. It was sort of, I guess, persuaded to come back almost as a favor, I guess. So, you know, he was I guess he was going to kind of quit anyway. So um, I imagine he'll take this time to just really uh, take a break. But who knows? Like, uh, like a wise man once said, I'm not good friends with uh, Zidane. So. <laughs> Speaking of that wise man, we will put one on a tee like he's Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox from David Desberg at the True ROAC. Sergio Romero, can a Serie A champion really 
consider themselves not fraudulent if they can't be decided struggling to make the Champions League? You know, that, that's a good question because I, I was I was on the fence. Actually, initially, <laughs> I thought, you know, I, I think that they might not be frauds because they actually are champs, but they couldn't beat a 10-man Juventus, the, the worst 10, like the worst Juventus side in a decade with 10 men and put the nail in the coffin of their Champions League hopes, which is a very fraud-like thing to do for Inter. So they <laughs> choked away the game. Look, it's fine. Every dog has its day. They won. That's cool. Congrats on the Serie A. You know, we are all about Copa wins, so whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know... <laughs> You do have to ask the question. I mean, head-to-head, the, head, the whole season, two wins for Juve, one loss, one draw. That, that, that feels to me, you know, if you really want to get into the specifics, I, you know, we are the better team. That's, I mean, that's just the numbers. That's just facts. Congrats on beating, like, Benevento and all those teams. So we couldn't do that. So good, 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 to, good on them for doing that. Congrats on beating Benevento. Oh, couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> we shall wrap things up there as always thank you for the twitter questions you can send us some at juventus nation on twitter you can follow us there as well you can also follow us on facebook at black and white and red all over if you want to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts and apple itunes search black and white and red all over feel free to rate us and leave us a review there hey maybe next week we'll give you a shout out if you do so the same thing goes for Google Podcasts and Spotify. Search black and white and red all over. Uh, We'll be coming to you guys next week. Hopefully in a good mood. It'll be one or the other. Seeing (laughs) seeing as what the current standings look like. So you can probably guess whatever happens in terms of where you've been to finish. Where we'll we'll be uh, standing on the fence on that. So for Sam Lepresti, for Sergio Romero, and for Chucks, this is Danny Singh. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>